0: You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock, your boy Q hanging out on a Friday after Thanksgiving and a happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at the Locked On Network. Hugh, we're thankful for all the listeners out there. And of course, all the podcasts on this network.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It's really a good time. Uh, it's 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 fun following all these sports, covering all these sports, talking about all these sports, and a lot of these games, especially in the NFL. It's getting down to the wire now, man. It's getting down to the the second half of the season. There's a lot of games that have playoff implications, so very excited to be able to talk about them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Today's episode brought to you by Billpar. Go to billpar.com. Use the promo code lockdown one word. You'll get twenty percent off your next order. And yeah, it was Thanksgiving, and we all know that the NFL does not sleep on Thanksgiving. They are not getting that uh, tryptophan fix from all the turkey <laughs> and all the fixings and all the sides. There's th- there's supposed to be three games. There were two. We had a doubleheader to break down for you. Big game, surprisingly, for a 4-7 and seven team, taking the lead in a division. So much going on there. And then outside of the games being played, it was the one that was not played on Thursday night. That's making the biggest headlines and some big stars in the NFL are being sidelined by COVID-19, Q.
1: Yeah, there is, man. And and that's what it is, man. That's unfortunate. Every single week when we talk about NFL games, and really when you look at sports across the country, you've got to put into factor COVID-19 because that is going to be a factor. You want to see who's on the COVID-19 list, who's going to be able to play, who's not going to be able to play. And unfortunately on Thanksgiving Day, we did not see a game that I think would have been the best game of the day which is Pittsburgh and Baltimore because Baltimore, the Ravens have so many issues going on COVID-19. We found out later on uh, Thanksgiving night uh, after or right, right before the uh, the Cowboys game ended that Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Ravens was going to be out because of COVID-19. That's a major blow. They've got a ton of guys out and I'll tell you right now, Bo, I'd be shocked if this game gets played on Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, and you were you were even saying to be off fair where you thought that this might be even a game that's just questionable for the entire season. We'll get more into that discussion. But, you know, you're the host of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Q. I, I host the Lockdown Cardinals podcast, and it was it's really for the first time being affected by COVID-19. The Cardinals are Larry Fitzgerald was placed on the COVID-19 list. But you have a little history so far this season and seeing a bunch of players be affected by this uh, pandemic.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it, man. The Raiders have been hit with it multiple times. They've been fined multiple times. They've lost a six-round draft pick in 2021. I mean, they've gone i mean uh, above and beyond and not in a good way when it comes to COVID-19 and the issues that they've been dealing with. I've seen the offensive line, the whole in- entire offensive line uh, be out all week long leading up to a game for uh, against Tampa Bay for the Raiders because of COVID-19. I've seen the entire defensive line be out, and then they played against the the chiefs on Sunday night football that you saw in week 11, which was a great game, even though the Raiders came out on the the wrong end of it. But yeah, the Raiders have been affected in a major way and that's just what it is, man. Uh, You could have a very talented team, but you have to play into factor. You have to understand COVID-19 could be a factor at any time. It could jump up. And if it hits one guy, it's probably more, more likely than not going to hit multiple guys.
0: Now, our six-pack, we thought we were going to get le- Thanksgiving leftovers, but uh doesn't, doesn't look like that's the case. Cold turkey sandwiches for us, but we do have <laughs> a great six-pack headed your way. Plus, Chad Millman's back with a bunch of bets with a ton of value this week. You want to stick around and listen to the Chad Millman of the Action Network. Of course, the favorites is the podcast, but like a stuffed turkey, there's not a lot of wiggle room on today's podcast. It's jam-packed, so let's start with your lead stories, and there's multiple because we said the NFL does not sleep. Q Deshaun Watson lit up the Lions while the Washington football team's defense beat down Andy Dalton and Dallas on Turkey Day. And a few stars are on the shelf due to COVID-19. That's your locked on NFL lead story on Bo Brock, along with your boy Q. Let's start with the games. Watson threw for four touchdowns, 318 yards as the Texans move their record to four and seven, mathematically still in the race with a 41-25 win over Detroit which falls to 4 and 7. Couple takeaways from this Q. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun when Houston puts a team around Deshaun Watson, but that's going to be in the future.
1: Yeah, it will. And, you know, Houston, they have a really good offense. They've got some good wide receivers. It was obviously a big deal when they just traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals, and it was like, what are you doing? But they've got some guys there that could play. Uh, It looked like they're going to have a couple thousand-yard receivers. So, yeah, they're doing their thing offensively. They put up 41 points against the Lions, but ultimately, Bo, man, the Lions just stink. They're just a terrible, (laughs) terrible team, and I hate that for Detroit because uh, Adrian Peterson is a member of the Lions. I really, really respect him. He's going to walk into to the Hall of Fame when he's ready to retire. He picked up a couple touchdowns on uh, not on, Monday, on Sunday, but on on Thursday on Thanksgiving Day, and you know that was good. And he he showed that he's got some some uh, energy and some energy uh, in in those legs still. But man. That Detroit Lions team is just terrible. And so for the uh, the Texans to go away and run away with that game, uh, ultimately in the second half, 41-25, that was just just kind of the results of, hey, Lions, you guys stink. And Matt Patricia, you're not going to be there as a the head coach much longer.
0: But it is a tradition. It's every year, just like uh, the turkey being a part of Thanksgiving, so are the Lions being slaughtered on Thanksgiving. And that, that's just something I'm used to watching uh, growing up and watching every Thanksgiving Thursday uh, because we need to get into other stories, I think that the Washington football team yeah, taking down the uh, Dallas Cowboys, they sweep the season series between the boys and their defense forced a pair of turnovers, including a pick six for Montez Sweat. Antonio Gibson rushed for three scores in the second round of Thanksgiving doubleheader 41-16 Q.
1: Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that both games on Thanksgiving Day would uh, the winner would come out with forty-one points? Right? <laughs> I mean, when's the last time that happened? You know what I mean? Probably like never. Yeah, exactly. That's, that, first of all, blew my mind. And second of all, the way Washington's defense, again, and you hit it on the head, the Washington defense is what dominated this game. And the Cowboys had opportunities. And I don't know, man, uh, for all the talent that they have, all the money they spent on talent, to, to come up with a game like that and lose 41-16 to 16 and just kind of at the end just kind of unravel, there was multiple questions uh, that I had looking at the coaching staff. Fourth and 10. And you go for a fake punt in your own end zone, oh or not God. end zone, but area, uh, your own side of the field, and it wasn't even close. Like, you you had so far that you had to go to pick up a first down. There was just a lot of play calls that I did not understand that the Cowboys ran. And so, yeah, the Washington uh, football team, you got to give them a lot of credit for coming up with a victory. But at the same time, I look at Dallas and say, what the hell were you guys doing? What were you thinking? This team that you played is not that good. You're at your home stadium. You lost the first game of this series. You should win this next one and you don't you get blown out at the end just terrible terrible play from the Cowboys man what a I honestly think that they're just a a embarrassment from what they showed on Thanksgiving Day yeah to
0: say that they're the worst team of this entire division and I think the G-Men the Giants also have a case for that but still to be as bad as they've been, and they can't beat the teams even within the NFC. Least it it says something to how to how bad things are in Dallas. Now let's also keep in mind that uh, Dak Prescott is on the shelf with that horrific leg injury, and they were playing on Thursday with heavy hearts after losing tragically their strength and conditioning uh, trainer uh, just suddenly th- with this this past week, which is just a horrible story. But let me ask you this because it's interesting because. Washington moves to four and seven. Yeah. They've got a slight lead over Philadelphia. They've got a tie on their record. The Eagles do. But uh it like no team in this division has a leg up. Philly plays Seattle on Monday night football. And then the Washington football team, depending on what happens with the Steelers this weekend, they're supposed to play Pittsburgh next week. You gotta imagine that the Steelers can take care of business with Washington. Honestly, Hugh, what's
1: the magic number to win the NFC least? I mean, I'm looking at six and ten maybe 7 and 9 as a, as a max you know what i mean going back to old seattle seahawks when they got that 7 and 9 uh, and, and hosted the the saints and won that game on that beast quake Run uh, by Marshawn Lynch. I- I'm saying it's around there, man. I-, I look at six wins, maybe seven is going to win the NFC least, and that's why I think that the uh, NFL should look at uh, kind of rearranging and doing something different with the playoff uh, arrangement. Because a team that goes six and ten or seven and nine, there's no reason why they should host the playoff game. And whoever wins the NFC least, like you said, is going to host the playoff game, and that's a shame. There's no reason for that. So yeah, six, seven wins max. That's going to win the NFC East.
0: You know, I I would kind of agree with you normally, but when you look at the teams that would be vying for that spot in place of the NFC East team, it's not that imp- impressive either. It's the Vikings, it's the Bears right now at five and five, and they're they're not exactly the hottest team uh, in the NFL either. They they haven't won a, a was it three in a row now for the Chicago Bears, so right. and they play Green Bay on Sunday Night Football, so it's gonna be there. They're, it's not exactly the AFC playoff picture but the the NFC East is is certainly embarrassing uh the Washington football team gets a big win they're four and seven right now they're a half game up on Philly they Philly could win six nine and one potentially we, we wouldn't have a 10 we would have double digit losses
1: in at least in the playoffs I guess that's the uh, caveat here. Philly stinks, Washington stinks, Dallas stinks, and the Giants stink. They all stink, man. They're all bad. Washington's offense is terrible. Their defense, at least their front seven, really, really good. Their secondary is suspect. So if anything Washington has going for them, it is that uh, that front seven. But that's it, man. That's the reason why they have beat the Cowboys twice is because that front seven is really, really good. But, I mean, look, I mean, the Cowboys are terrible. They're awful. Their their defense is whatever. They they stink. Uh, their quarterback is Andy Dalton. So I don't have to even go into you know details about that. The Giants right. are terrible. I mean, they're just it's 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 unbelievable, man. They're just a bad bad team. And I'll tell you right now, even though the the Bears, they have quarterback questions, I be, I believe the Bears have a better chance of winning, and I'd pick the Bears over any team in the NFC East right now today.
0: Yeah, when you look at the divisions, when you look at the other divisions, whether it's the NFC North, South, or West, their second, third teams would all probably vie for the top spot. Maybe even some of the fourth-place teams in those divisions would vie for the top spot in the NFC East. All right, let's get to the other big news of Thursday. We knew that there were some problems as far as some positive tests as far as COVID-19. It moved the Pittsburgh Steelers-Baltimore Ravens game originally to Sunday afternoon. No longer the case, it sounds like, because Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson was one of the Ravens that tested positive for COVID-19, Q.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate, and this is what it's dealing with, man. That's what we're dealing with in this year, and we we all know that no game is guaranteed. No game is guaranteed that all your favorite players are going to be playing because COVID-19 could creep up on anybody, and look. It is not – it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter what you look like. It don't matter who you are, star quarterback or your bench player. They can get you or it can get you at any point of time. And so uh, Lamar Jackson goes out. He's got COVID-19. He, he's tested positive. Uh, multiple players on the Baltimore Ravens have tested positive. And right now, to me, it looks like, okay, uh, this game, if it doesn't get played, which I don't – I have a very – yeah, like sneaky suspicion is not going to get played. We'll probably be pushed to week 18 of the of regular season, which uh, we all know is not a regular uh, season for the NFL. But they, they've they kind of put in place that week 18 just in case games can't get played. I think the NFL is going to make the decision to move it to that week just so uh, everybody could get healthy and get played. Uh, I don't think this game is going to get played this week. But if it does, there's no doubt in my mind Pittsburgh just rolls over Baltimore because they're definitely shorthanded.
0: Yeah, Harbaugh closed down the facility till at least Monday, so it would be tough to play at right. least this weekend when we see another Monday or Tuesday game. yeah. But, you know, then Pittsburgh, a huge lead in that division. The only thing that this game could potentially affect and would have to be played at the end of the season for is if, you know, Baltimore's trying to climb up those uh, playoff seating spots yeah. for them, you know? So we'll see what happens with it. Of course, you got to follow along at Lockdown NFL Pods for all the latest NFL information, follow your insiders, of course, of Locked on Ravens, Locked on Steelers, some great hosts that uh, they've got all the insight that you need to kind of keep up with all the ins and outs as far as breaking NFL news. Now, coming up next, we are going to get into our Sunday six pack, some big time games left on the slate on Sunday, Baltimore and Pittsburgh not being a part of it does not slow things down. As far as week 12 action goes, Q and I have it for you next. It's the Lockdown
1: NFL Podcast. Before we get into that, though, we want to tell you about Pepsi because this football season, as we all know, is going to be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. I know, Bo, sometimes you have some folks over the house you want to watch the game. You got your your chips. You got your drinks. You got the big screen going on. I like to watch the game by myself. I got my uh, Raiders jersey on the end of the couch. But either way you look at it, it does not matter because what we all have in common when we're watching the games is Pepsi. It is the refreshment you need the power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Passionate fans, the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And do not forget, go to madeforfootballwatching.com. Check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Segment number two, our six-pack, yeah, it's on the way. Right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Here we are back on uh, Friday's edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock and your boy Q, and it is time to jump into our favorite part of the show, I say that each and every week because, well, it is our favorite part of the show each and every week. That's the six-pack. That's when we look at a handful of games where we say, okay, you know what? I'm feeling these games, and this is the reason why I'm feeling these games. And I uh, really think that these games are intriguing, think that these teams are intriguing, and we have our reasons why, and you could have your own reasons why, but this, again, is our favorite part of the show. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And, Bo, I definitely appreciate you, and I know you're going to come with some good heat, so why don't you go ahead and lead these things? things off with your first, first, uh, first one, first game on the six pack. Yeah, I'm going to go with the team that I cover on a daily basis. The Arizona Cardinals going across the
0: country following the Thursday night football loss to the Seahawks. It was a big loss for the Cardinals. Also the Rams won on Monday night over Tampa in a pretty easy fashion that the Cardinals in order to keep faith in play in order to keep pace in the NFC West, the Cardinals have to go on the road, take on the evil genius, Bill Belichick and a Cam Newton who's, playing a lot better football these days, six touchdowns over his last four starts, including four rushing touchdowns and uh, taking good care of the football as the Patriots are two and two over that stretch. But the Arizona Cardinals, they need to get a win at six and four over the four and six Patriots, because at this point in the schedule, queue, you can't leave any of those games on the slate of beatable teams that got away from me It could happen earlier in the season, but right now, especially the Arizona Cardinals trying to keep up with the Rams with the Seahawks. They have to take care of business against cam and bill Belichick, Kyler Murray, And that run game bottled up on Thursday Night Football, they're a top-rushing team in the NFL. They need to get back to that against the Patriots' defense that has been so good against the run, and they've been good against the run as far as some mobile quarterbacks as well the last couple weeks, including Deshaun Watson last week. The Arizona Cardinals, they need to get back to that. It's going to be Kyler Murray getting going with his legs. It's going to be Kenyon Drake getting going with his legs, and maybe even some Chase Edmonds sprinkled in there, running the football, catching the football out of the backfield. I, I got to imagine the Cardinals can come out and win this game. It might not be pretty, but I'm thinking that, you know, here's one of the top tier offenses. They score close to 30 points per game, might score a little, a hair under that, but get out of New England with a big victory for this team to keep pace with the big teams at the top
1: of the NFC West. I'm thinking like 27 to 17. Yeah, you know what? I think this is a game that the Cardinals win as well, but I think it's uh, what you said is very, very important. they got to continue to stack wins. The NFC West is so, so stinking uh, difficult and so competitive, man. Every single one of the teams in the league or in the division is really, really good. So uh, the Cardinals just got to keep winning. You know, one week they're in first place. Next week they're looking up at Seattle. You know what I mean? It's just they've got to keep finding ways to win games. And I think the Patriots start early in the season, starting things off a little, you know, pretty good, maybe even above above what they expected it to do. I think reality's kicking in. They're not a very good team. So Arizona, even though they're going to Foxborough, need to go in there and win that game. And I do believe that they'll get the victory. I like what Arizona's got going on. I, I love Carla Murray and what he's got going on. Cliff Kingsbury, of course, he's got his quarterback. So uh, he's hitting all the right buttons. I think they get back on winning ways uh, this Sunday with uh, with a victory over the Patriots. But again, you've got to win, especially if you're in the NFC West you've got to win games you're expected to win so uh, that's my thoughts on that game let me go ahead and uh, give you my first game and my first thoughts on uh, in my six pack and since you went with the team you cover let me go with the team I cover and that's the Raiders Raiders coming off a tough loss to Kansas City Sunday night football I think the whole NFL I think the, the country all saw that the Raiders are a better team than a lot of people expected going into 2020 they are uh, in ATL taking on the Falcons who are 3-7 and seven on the season and the Falcons as many people know have found ways to lose games multiple times uh, and that does not mean that they're a bad team. It just means they find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. This is a game I think the Raiders need to, just similar to the Cardinals like we were just talking about, need to go out there and get back on winning winning track. Get back in the winning ways because you gotta beat the teams that you're expected to win and the Falcons are not a very good team. Even though they have a high high Potent offense, Matt Ryan's a hell of a quarterback. Julio Jones, obviously, Calvin Ridley, Uh, Todd Gurley. I mean, they got weapons offensively, but they ultimately are not a very good team. The Raiders need to find a way to get back into the winning column and and look at the big prize, which is the playoffs. They're sitting at six wins right now. They've got to go back and get on a winning streak. They just got their three-game winning streak snapped by the Chiefs. They've got to start a new winning streak, and it starts this Sunday against the Falcons. I do believe they pick it up, but it's on the team to go get it.
0: Now, and you don't want to play bridesmaid any longer. You don't want to nope. be the team that, hey, it was a fun Sunday night football game to watch. It provided us a bunch of entertainment, but at the end of the day, they they didn't get the win. They didn't get the W. They came away with the L. And you're right; they needed they need to do exactly what the Arizona Cardinals are doing or should do in Foxborough on Sunday. They need to continue to stack wins to keep pace with the rest of this kind of this murky playoff waters. And uh, I, I think that. When you look at Atlanta, at Atlanta, we've been saying it all season long since you and I started doing this podcast. There's just something about Atlanta; they just can't get it done. They can't be consistent enough on both sides of the football. They can't be disciplined enough, offensively or defensively, to maintain leads. We've seen them just—it's become a parody of themselves uh, this entire 2020 season. And when you're Las Vegas, you got to be licking your chops that this is an opportunity to get an easy win late in the season. Before the schedule becomes a little bit tougher, uh, and and the Falcons are exactly that—they lost to Taysom Hill over the weekend. Uh, a guy that uh, was playing in relief of Drew Brees, who I believe has a thousand broken ribs. I <laughs> last time I checked, it's insane. The guy is—it's just—it's just crumbled chalk in his insides. But Taysom Hill goes in, gets his first start, and he looks pretty good against this Falcons defense. They—and that's the one thing. Falcons didn't score any points. They scored nine points. So, you know, the Raiders, their shortcomings are mostly on the defensive side of the football, so they can just kind of maybe take care of business this week and get an easy W. Let me tell you about my second game here in the six-pack, and I'm looking at Kansas City, the team that did just beat the Raiders in dramatic fashion on Sunday Night Football. They've got another big matchup against John Gruden's former team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who looked awful in another primetime game. I don't know what's going on. I mean, we mentioned this as well earlier, that Bruce Arians' first-year quarterbacks throw a ton of interceptions, and Tom Brady is kind of keeping that trend going, at least he did on Monday Night Football. And Patrick Mahomes, if he's going to get you know ample opportunities given to him by this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and making mistakes, this one's going to be a laugher, despite it being on the road there in, uh, in Florida.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games, man. I just, and I've kind of felt this way about Tampa Bay all year long. I feel like that they're a little bit uh, overhyped. more more. They're getting more love than they really should. And I know that their record's not bad. It's really good, actually. But uh, in that division with the the Saints, I think they're the cream of the crop, and, and the Buccaneers are chasing them. I just haven't been impressed with what I've seen from Tom Brady consistently. Here and there, he has games where it's like, wow, he's really, really good. But more times than not, if you go back and look through what all the games that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won more times, than not the defense is what's really, really killing it. And the defense didn't show up on Monday night. So this is going to be a heck of a game. And if the defense doesn't show up, I think Kansas City just runs them out of the building. And I, I say that as, you know, a guy who hosts the Locked on Raiders podcast and just saw the Kansas City Chiefs up close and personal do what they did against the, uh, the Raiders uh, coming away with a 35-31 victory. Uh, they're, they're not going to slow down offensively. So if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense does not step up, step up Uh, They're going to be in for a long day against Kansas City. So I think Kansas City gets this victory, and uh, Tampa Bay drops another one. Now, let me go ahead and tell you about another game that I got on the docket here. And uh, this one is an interesting game. I think this is one that I know a lot of people are going to consistently say, like, okay, Q is really a fan of this team. And I might be. The Panthers at the Vikings. This one's interesting to me. The Panthers... Aren't a team that are going to make the playoffs. I don't expect them to be a playoff team, but I consistently like to see what Matt Rule's got going on. I love the fact that he keeps bringing the, the bringing the, the 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 heat. I think his team is uh, you know consistently getting better. I know Teddy Bridgewater's banged up and everything, but they're still finding ways to win games. And they just went and uh, blanked the Detroit Lions. And I know the Lions are not a very good team. Don't get me wrong, but to get blanked in the NFL in 2020 you got to really work hard to get blanked. You know what I mean? And so uh, I think the Panthers are doing some good things. The Vikings have a lot of questions. They they have a good nucleus of a team, but they still find ways to lose. You know, I thought they were going to be a lot better than they've been in 2020, but uh, they're playing at home. Uh, they're coming off a, li- a loss to the Cowboys. They're going to want to get right again. They got to compete in the NFC North. I think Minnesota comes away with this victory, but I think the Panthers put up a heck of a fight.
0: Yeah, no, Adam Thielen, it sounds like he's on the COVID-19 yeah. list. Am, am I right by saying that? Yep. And they had the bad loss to Dallas, and we saw Dallas not look good on Thursday, uh, yesterday against the Washington football team. The Vikings, though, if they do win, they're 5-6, and six, and they're surprisingly right back in the thick of things because you got the Bears, they're taking on Green Bay, and we'll talk about this game in just a second. The Green—they're taking on the Packers in the first of two matchups with the NFC North leading team. But if the Bears lose, they're five and six, and they're right there with the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, like you know, I mentioned the Cardinals. If the Cardinals lose, they're at six and five. So there's only a game separating the Vikings between them and the seventh. Oh, you know, the seventh and final playoff spot. So this is a big game for the Vikings. You know, can they dig deep? Can they get this victory? Uh, you know it, it's just been such a Jekyll and Hyde performance it's tough betting on the Vikings at all this season but then at the same token you know Carolina they get the big victory with uh without Teddy Bridgewater but um you know it's it's tough it's it's tough I gotta say Kirk Cousins just because it's a primetime game I'll give him the edge in this one <laughs> <laughs> all right my last game in the six pack and I mentioned it it's the Sunday Night football game it's the Chicago Bears on the road at Historic Lambeau Field, taking on the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers and crew, they've got to take care of business to maintain this lead and vie for the one playoff buy that's going to happen with your new playoff format. Because they're definitely in the running for that one in Chicago. They don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for them come Sunday. Is it going to be Nick Foles? You know, people saying that Mitchell Trubisky should start anyway. Um, it, it would be interesting to see which direction they go for this primetime game. And you got to imagine if you don't have a quarterback, how are you going to take on a team like the green Bay Packers? But then the Packers, we saw them kind of fall apart against the Colts last week and uh, squander a lead. What they they were up at 28 to 14 at one point. Yeah. They're rolling in overtime. They look like they're going to win that game. And then, uh, Marquez, uh, Valdez, Scantling fumbles the ball away. And next thing you know, the Colts are coming out of there with a big W. So the Green Green Bay not, you know, insusceptible to uh making mistakes and losing games, and Chicago's got the defense, you know, can they get the quarterback play necessary to win this game? I don't think so. Um but it's a it, it's there's more to lose for the Bears in this game than the Packers, but you know, this you know, recent history has shown that it doesn't matter for the you know, the Packers. They seem to take care of business against the Bears. I can imagine that's what's going to happen on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. This is a big game, man. I think Green Bay comes out with a victory. Uh, honestly, the Packers have no no reason to lose this game. And I know that Chicago's defense is really good, but the Bears have no idea who their quarterback's going to be. And I'll say this right now about Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky. If you get carted off at the end of a game off the field, you should not start the next week. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> straight up. You shouldn't. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, I'm not trying to make jokes about Nick Foles, but the way he was carted off the field, he made it look like he was his season was over, his career was over, his everything was over. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe he'll start on Sunday. Wait, hold on. You just were carted off the field. You can't play dumb. <laughs> You can't play dumb. You can't play possum all of a sudden late night on a, you know, on a game, on a football uh, game, and then all of a sudden uh, come back the next week and play. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I know I'm just probably talking more That's trash than I need That's the Paul Pierce to. move. Yeah, exactly, get, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not a Paul Pierce guy. You know what I mean? Like, I ne- never was a Paul Pierce guy, so I think that's exactly what – I think you hit it on the head. That is a Paul Pierce move. I don't like it, but uh, Chicago's got so many questions uh, offensively. I think this is a game that the Packers know that they should win, and they need to win, and they're going to go win. So uh, this is going to be a really, really good game, in my opinion, because, like you said, the Bears' defense is good, but I think Aaron Rodgers and that Packers' offense finds a way to make it happen, so – Green Bay is going to get that dub, in my opinion. Now, my final game in the six-pack, man, I think this is going to be probably the best game or at least the best anticipated game all weekend long. Tennessee sitting at 7-3. The Colts sitting at 7-3. They're both in the AFC South. They're both sitting at top of the AFC South. They both just played 17 days ago. Who's going to pick up this W because it's very, very important. Not only is it important in the AFC South, it's important in the AFC as far as the playoff race goes. So I'm looking at this one, and I'm so confused, Bo. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so confused on who's going to win this game. One minute, Phillip Rivers looks like he's okay. Even when the Colts won 17 days ago, I don't think that Phillip Rivers was great, even though multiple people on the outside said, oh, he played a really good game. I don't think he did, but he's still leading them to victories. They've, they've still been able to come back from multiple uh, scores down in multiple games throughout the 2020 season, and they're sitting at 7-3. and three. They look really good. Tennessee, they look really good early. They started to fall off a little bit. They're starting to show a little bit of warts. I'm confused on what team is going to show up. So I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking this could very well easily be the best game of the Sunday uh, slate and who's going to take it. Who knows, but they're going to be in charge not only in the AFC South, but they'll be in charge in the AFC in general, in my opinion. Uh, obviously the Steelers are going to win or uh, are going to be the best team. I, I think in the AFC cause they haven't lost the game yet. Kansas city's right behind them with only one loss. So uh, the next team up is going to be either Tennessee or the Colts. Who is it going to be? I have no idea. I mean, it's so so confusing. That's why this game is so intriguing.
0: I just feel like I have a finger on the pulse as far as which direction this game is going to go. But then at the same time, I felt like that watching this game on Thursday night where the Titans had a pretty easy lead through almost three full quarters against the Colts and they came back and won. The same thing happened when I just watched the Colts take on the Packers last Sunday and the Colts couldn't even get out of their own way in that victory um, I, I don't know. I just feel like if the Titans play mistake free football and they could do what they do best and that's hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, which is not tough at all. Right. And they just ride that beast out into another top playoff spot. You know, this should be a game that they, they need to get Indy back. Indy won that game despite maybe not playing. They only played one good quarter of football. And I think they made the big special teams play. And you, you can't necessarily rely upon that. You know, as long as they play mistake-free. And uh, I think I think the Titans should be able to kind of get Indy back for that win on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago. They were able to get the big W, you know, against Baltimore on the road in overtime. Derrick Henry found the end zone at the end of that one. Uh, probably less dramatic than their-, their last win against the Ravens. I like the Titans in this contest, Q.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. It's going to be interesting, though. I'm excited to see it.
0: Coming up next, our guy Chad Millman's going to give some betting insight on some of these great games coming up on Sunday, including this rivalry that's been going on all season, all season long. <laughs> is he in on the Raiders to cover against the Falcons? Falcons are road, or I'm sorry, our home dogs. Is he going to take Dirty birds? Or is he going to take the silver and black? You got to stick around to find out. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. It's Friday. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Bo Brock, your boy Q. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. Follow me at Bob Brock and your boy Q at your boy Q two five four. And our next guest, who joins us every week to break down the spreads from the wise guys in Vegas, Chad Millman of the Action Network. Give him a follow as well at Chad Millman. Listen to the podcast, the Favorites. Chad, how you doing this week, man? Hope your Thanksgiving I am good, went well. Sir.
2: Happy belated Thanksgiving to you.
0: Two games on the slate yesterday, one of the games pushed to the weekend. Looking forward to that one. Anything any insight as far as the Pittsburgh Ravens game goes now that it's been postponed to co- due to COVID?
2: Nah, you just uh you hold on and you hope that it even continues <laughs> to play and you know, I think the Steelers were the favorites uh if it had been played yesterday and yeah. I think the Ste- or, and I think the Steelers will continue to be favorites. Through the weekend, I think they're the right side in the game. I think that uh, generally defenses have have somewhat figured out Lamar Jackson, and it's always astonishing to me how these defenses can get so good at that um, just in a short amount of time. But look, they're professionals, so that's what they do. And the Steelers have actually impressed me. I would say that there was probably seven weeks in they were still undefeated, but I thought they were struggling and not giving me a lot of confidence as a guy who – while I I felt good about my Steelers to win the AFC North, I was feeling less good about Steelers to win the Super Bowl ticket. And Mm -hmm. um, now I'm starting to feel better about it because they're starting to play much, much better.
0: Now there's a game that I've uh, been paying close attention to because I host the Locked On Cardinals podcast here following this Cardinals team. And little Jekyll and Hydish, they fall to the Seattle Seahawks on the road Thursday night football, get a couple days extra off. But now they have to go across the country to Foxborough and take on the New England Patriots, a team that's playing better than it was a couple weeks ago. Cardinals, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Who do you like in this contest?
2: Yeah, I like the Cardinals here. Um, I like the Cardinals as short favorites. I think it's the right side. I'm actually not that impressed with what the Patriots have been doing. Uh, They really don't have a passing game to speak of. And the Cardinals are getting better and better at pressuring the quarterback and Isaiah Simmons specifically has been a terror all over the field. Like he looks like he's finally gotten comfortable, they are giving him a lot more playing time. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in what the Patriots can do to stop Kyler Murray. Um, and their defensive backfield has been struggling quite a bit. So I'm, I'm going to be on the Cardinals here as very short road favorites.
1: We're talking right now with Chad Millman from the Action Network. His podcast is The Favorites. Uh, Check him out. And, Chad, uh, this is a game that's very intriguing. How about Minnesota, who fell to the Dallas Cowboys against Carolina, a team that I've been really, really high on all season long, even though I know they're not going to be a playoff team. But I think Matt Rule and company have a lot of good things going on. So when you look at Minnesota, when you look at Carolina, how do you see this game shaping out?
2: Yeah, I made a big mistake last week in thinking that (laughs) <laughs> the Vikings were the team that they had been for four straight weeks uh, and winning the games that they did and not the team that was ready to crash against the Cowboys, right? right. But now I think is the right time because what you're getting is a Vikings team that looked terrible against the Cowboys at home. Uh, so the value on them is really low. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, right? It is It's a buy low, sell high situation. So I've got a team that is in a low spot against a team that's coming in off a high spot. So um, I am going to be very happy to, to bet the Vikings right here.
0: Speaking of value, a team that lost another primetime game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady in primetime. The last couple of to- uh, outings has been rough. Throws the picks against the Los Angeles Rams, one to seal the deal. Now they're back at home. They're in Raymond James in Tampa hosting the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs road favorites which team do you like in this contest any value in Tampa Tom and the
2: Bucks Yeah I think there is a little bit of value here uh look the 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 Bucks still have an incredibly good defense and I think what you're seeing is like a little bit you're you're getting that hook and to me if I can get the half point the hook on a home team with a quarterback who, despite what happened the other night against LA, like in Tom Brady, who is still a top 10 quarterback in the NFL um, and had been in MVP contention. And you got a defense that is just great. Like they are a really, really good defense. And what they did like in the second half of that game, there's nothing to be ashamed of with the way that they played. Um, so I like this game being close and I like that the uh, Bucks get, get half get a half a point of value at home. Now, the team
0: that beat up on Tampa on Monday Night Football was the Los Angeles Rams. They've won back-to-back games over two pretty good teams in Tampa and in, in the Seattle Seahawks. They're playing host to just a injury-riddled, just ravaged San Francisco 49ers team. Six-and-a-half-point favorites, almost you know a touchdown and a PAT favorites for the Los Angeles Rams. Coming off of that primetime victory. Is the public putting the money on the Rams and can you get some value potentially from the Niners in this case?
2: I think that's exactly what's happening, Bo. I think that mm. the public is coming in on the Rams and it's another one, you know, it's never a bad idea to fade a team that's coming off a big win in its primetime spot. It's automatically going to be one of those lines that is inflated in their direction. So, and, and the Niners, like, it's a big number for a division matchup for two coaches who know each other really well and Kyle Shanahan, who seems to thrive, the more challenges you put in front of him, the more excited he gets to game plan with sort of the tools that he has and get really creative and innovative. And like Nick Mullins has actually been a really good quarterback, like in, in, in backing up Jimmy Garoppolo and the defense is getting healthier. So um I do think you're getting some value here on the Niners
1: all right Chad you know I haven't talked about a lot of games yet this week but I had to I had to hold out for the end I gotta ask you I know that the Raiders fell short to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football but open a lot of eyes across the NFL a lot of eyes across the country that this team is on the rise that it's really coming and I know I know we go back and forth man we got a little bit of beef and it's okay you know you're a Raider hater that's all right I'm not mad at you what are your thoughts Raiders on the road versus the Falcons. They stink. They're three and seven on the season. What are your thoughts, my man?
2: Well, look, what we're getting here are two of the teams that I hate most, right? And <laughs> so It might be like, I think I've bet the Falcons once in the past couple of years. And it was this past weekend. And they were so bad and disappointed me so much that um, I vowed I would not bet them again. Until this week against the Raiders, because I am just not buying the Raiders going across the country to being road favorites against a Falcons team that, look, they they did not look good against the Saints at all. It was a bad showing, but they had been playing better. And the Saints defense is significantly better than the Raiders defense. And so I do see the opportunity, even if Julio Jones isn't able to play, because he was pretty banged up and had some hamstring issues in that Saints game, uh, even if he can't play. This, this Falcons defense is going to run up and down the field on this Raiders defense. So um, they are a home dog. The Raiders are not yet at the state of the, as a team that they should be road favorites of significant value. And if you're getting more than a field goal, that's significant value.
0: Wow. Not even against the lowly, dirty birds of Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, will you? cold game give up your hatred for the silver and black, but that's why we love him. Chad Millman's winning us a lot of money this season. Make sure you're checking out the podcast, the favorites, and of course, checking them out and everything else that the action network has to offer. Let's make some money this weekend, man. You bet brother.
1: There he goes. My arse nemesis, Chad Millman. Action Network. Definitely appreciate all his uh, efforts. And, well, I mean, more times than not, he's wrong when it comes to the Raiders. But either way, it is all good. He is an absolute 100% Raider hater. And it happens. (laughs) It absolutely happens. So many thanks to him for joining us on today's show, uh, Friday's edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. And uh, hopefully everyone enjoys their weekend. Hopefully everyone's been safe. Hopefully everyone's enjoying their Thanksgiving holiday. And, uh, you know, love on your family. Do what you do. Enjoy the games as they come on Sunday. Hopefully we see that Steelers and, uh, and Ravens game. It's not guaranteed, but we might see it. Hopefully we see it because I think it's going to be a good one. Until then, uh, make sure you, uh, you, you tune in to the Locked On NFL podcast on Monday. Peter Bukowski, he's going to make sure he uh, recaps everything that went on on Sunday. So uh, have a great one. We'll talk to you later. Uh, this is the Locked On NFL podcast.